usually we read the read the thing first and then I pray and then we go into the sermon. But this time I wanted to do some introductions first. So with that, happy new year everyone. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is John Chow. I am one of the pastors here at this church and I've been serving here for the last, I don't know, year. And uh, I mean, obviously when we think of New Year's, we think of New Year's resolutions and I, being the, the hater that I am, I kind of usually would try to abstain from New Year's resolutions just because I, I would like ra- wave my finger and be like, man, why do you need a new year to work on yourself? Why do you need, why do you need a date to get fit? Why do you need a date to work on uh, your patience or whatever? Why do you need all these things? Um, but then I look at myself and I'm like, is it better that you wait for a date to work on yourself or is it better to not work on yourself at all? So um, I shut myself up with my own thoughts. And <clears throat> what better time to have goals than to welcome the new year with this? So I hope if you have any goals or if you have any things <coughs> prepared for this year, that they go well with your Bible readings or with, I don't know, schools or any, any workouts that you're going to do. I know Owen's trying to get big or trying to get small, <laughs> trying to get tall. Oh, okay. All right. All right. That's good. <coughs> um, but yeah, I think, I think with New Year's resolutions or with any goals that we may have, um, I do think the Bible has a lot to say on how we should posture ourselves and how we should, uh, you know, frame our reference of why we do the things that we do anytime we're working towards something. Uh, and for that reason, and it's also because it's a special day, that we are going to uh, take a break from Second Samuel, and we're going to read a little passage from James. And also, uh, I'm going to try to keep this short because we have communion at 1245. So, yeah. But going back to this, yeah. <coughs> so we, we enter our book and we enter our passage in the book of James, chapter 1, verses 19 and 25, where basically he is writing a letter to very clearly outline what the life of a new believer should look like. Um, I know Paul does that a lot in his letters, but I think James, <coughs> there, James really drives home the point of the actions that you do after your salvation needs to change um, because of the fact that Christ lives in your heart. And that should, in a way, go hand in hand with any time we look at New Year's or any time we look at something that we're working towards. And um, if you would read with me together in our passage today, it comes from James chapter 1. Verses 19 and 25, and it says this, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put, all, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive, the meekness, the implanted, receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he looks like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, will be a bl- he will be a blessing. He will be blessed in his doing. <coughs> Let's pray. Father, May we be not only hearers of your word, but doers. And as we dive deep and extract what it is you have to say to us and what it is you want us to know, 
Um, just as James wrote in this book, may we hear your word, but also know what it means to do it. And would you be with me as I, <coughs> as I share what you have placed on my heart? And it wouldn't be my words, but it would be your spirit. We love you, Lord, and we praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, so I, I, th- I think what James is saying in this passage is quite clear. Obviously, in the beginning of this passage, he says, um, don't, uh, he, he literally says the way that we talk should be edifying, right? He says, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. And maybe when we hear this verse, be slow to anger, be slow to speak, be quick to listen, we can think of someone in our heads and we're like, oh man, like that person should be listening to this passage right now, or oh, if only this person, or maybe someone in this room, we're like, oh, I hope this person really perks up and listen to this verse because they really need to hear it. Um, <coughs> but yeah, I, I think James is very clear in this verse, and there's not much um, ambiguity in what he's saying because uh, he's saying, you know, the things that you say, the things that you do are important, but I think there are some attractions at what we can glean from based on uh, the context, not the context, but why he's saying what he's saying and uh, the deeper meaning behind what it means to be a doer and not just a hearer of God's word. Um, and and the, I believe what we, the main thing that we can extract from these short verses is that anyone can be hearers of the word, but not everyone can be doers of the word. Anyone can be hearers of the word, but not everyone can be doers of the word. Okay, and what I mean by this, I'm going to break it up into two halves. So anyone can be doers, but not everyone can be, anyone can be hearers, but not everyone can be doers. <coughs> and I apologize for speaking so fast and so hoarsely. But what I mean by anyone can be hearers of the word, um, James, the way that James phrases his verse in 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, he has the implication that they heard the word. And there is an implication that, as this point says, anyone can hear the word. And there's not really, that's like really like a no-brainer statement because um, you go to Rutgers Livingston Student Center and you'll find people with the picket stands and, you know, claiming what the quote-unquote word is. And, um, <coughs> yeah, anyone can pick up a Bible. Anyone can go to Barnes & Nobles and pick up the word and read it for themselves. And this reminds me of a passage in John chapter 5 when Jesus is uh, beginning his ministry and he goes to this crippled man who has been crippled for 38 years. The, the Bible calls him an invalid man, which basically means not necessarily that he can't move at all, but he's like super slow, super handicapped, and needs much assistance to get around. And <coughs> he approaches this man um, on the floor, maybe begging for money, maybe just gave up hope, but... At the very least, he's been crippled for 38 years, so maybe he's in his 40s. And he approaches him and he says, hey, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? And at that moment, in John chapter 5, the word of Jesus Christ entered the ears of this man. He heard the word. And just like anyone else, just like any, anyone else today, just like anyone else at the time, the word of Jesus and the word of God was readily available to those, to anyone. Um, so Jesus asked him, do you want to be healed? And the man had an interesting response. Um, he didn't say yes. He didn't say eh, no. 
this uh, in, in John chapter 5, it says this. The man said, Sir, Jesus, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I am going, another steps down before me. And there's a lot of context into the, uh, into the rationale behind why he says what he says. But long story short, what this man is basically saying is, Jesus, I have been the way that I've been for the last 38 years. I've been stuck in my condition. I, I, I've been in this location for so long. Anytime I try to do something about it, I either can't do it because I have no help or someone else beats me to it and I'm stuck. I can't do anything. If I can't do anything, you probably can't even do anything. So why are you even asking this question? And you notice in this man's response, he did not answer what Jesus asked. Right? Jesus asked him, do you want to be healed? And this man comes up with, I can't do it. I've been trying. Obviously, I want to be healed, but what can I do? <clears throat> and honestly, when we look at this man's response and we look at what Jesus is asking, don't we do the same? Don't you and I do the same? When Jesus asks us, hey, do you want freedom from your past? Do you want, um, do you want to live guilt-free? Do you want redemption for your family? Do you want physical healing for yourself? Do you want physical healing for someone that you know? Do you want 2023 to be a better year than 2022? Do you want um, your young adult life to be good? Do you want your freshman year to be better than middle school? <laughs> and we hear these things that Jesus may ask us or we may ask ourselves or other people may ask us. And we kind of say this. We say, Jesus, I've been stuck in the sin of my life for so long. I've, I've, I've been sick for so long. Um, I... I, I want to work out. I've been this way for so long. I, you know, I've struggled with my family for so long. I've failed my New Year's resolutions for so long. I've picked up the Bible. I've gotten through the first five books and I've put it down every time, every time in March. <clears throat> and we have the same response as this man. And we have the same heart as the man in front of Jesus who asks us, do you want to be healed? And is this, is, it is in this way that I believe that anyone can be hearers of the word. There are zero qualifications, zero qualifications, zero standards for those who want to hear the word. <coughs> However, though anyone can hear the word, not everyone can be doers of the word. In verse 22 of our passage, it says this, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves, deceiving yourselves, okay? Going back to the passage in John chapter five, um, Jesus hears this man's response and um, he hears a response from the crippled man and he tells him, first of all, he ignores what this guy says, at least based on the verse, but Jesus looks at the man and he tells him, he says, get up, take up your bed, and walk. Um, <clears throat> so this man says, Jesus, I've been broken my whole life. I've, I've been stuck in this position. And Jesus is like, oh yeah? Why don't you get up, take up your bed, and walk? <laughs> and I can almost imagine what, was the, what must have went through this guy's head when uh, Jesus told him to do this. Right? I, I'm, 
even hearing the possibility of walking is one thing. But this man hasn't walked for 38 years. And maybe he even lost faith. Maybe he even lost the memory of how to walk. Right? He must have been like, did you even hear what I just said, Jesus? Are you even going to hold my hand? Are you even going to get people to help me to stand up? But not only are you telling me to walk, I have to do things. I have to do other things too. I have to pick this thing up. I have to pick up a bed. Um, Even in the act of listening to what Jesus said, it required some degree of faith. Um, Not only faith in what Jesus is saying, but in, in a small sense, he needed to have faith in believing that he could actually remember to walk or he could actually not embarrass himself because, you know, I'm sure there were a lot of people there. This was like a pretty significant location. So for him to try to get up and walk, especially on the Sabbath, as it says, and if he were to just try and maybe like tumble down and um, fall on top of, with his bed on top of him, like that, that must have been hard. But the Bible says that eventually this guy did what Jesus told him to do. Um, and it became a very big deal for many, many reasons. But um, obviously, one of the big reasons why this was a big deal was because he literally picked up his mat and he walked, as Jesus said. And not only was this a physical breakthrough in his body and his limbs that they were able to carry the weight of himself and carry the weight of the bed, but this was such a mental breakthrough for him where two verses ago, he said, Jesus, I've been the way that I have been for the, for the last 40 years. I've been trying to do things about it, but I can't. And other people keep cucking me in this process. And now he can walk. And now he can stand up. <clears throat> and I believe between the moment where Jesus asks him, do you want to be healed? And the moment where Jesus commands him, get up, take up your bed and walk. There is a big, big shifting moment in this man's heart. And it is a moment that happens in the verse that we just read from verse 22. And it is a moment where I believe many of us uh, fall into for maybe a long time. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. And... I wonder how many of us would have been stuck in the mindset of this man when Jesus beckons him and he beckons us to say, hey, get up, take up your bed and walk. And we come to him and we say, Jesus, I know what you want me to do. I know where I want to be. I know I want to be happier. I know I want to be more hardworking. I know I want to be um, <coughs> a better son, a better daughter, a better brother or sister. I know I want to be all these things, but look at my life. Look at how much I've tried in the past. Look at, look at um, all the times that I failed. Look at the people that I've hurt. And we're in this moment, in this deciding moment, where we're looking at Jesus and we think for ourselves, do we want to be doers of the word after having hearing <coughs> uh, I shared this yesterday uh, during um, during the prayer night with uh, Brian and Brian, BP and Brian Lee. 
Uh, but I remember in the New Year's Eve service in Crosswave 2019 going into 2020, we, that was the last one that we had in this building. And Moksanim, um, what he, I don't know if he does this every year, but what he did that day was he would call people one by one into this room and he would pray for you specifically. And something that he asks you is, what is your desire for this year? Um, <laughs> it's kind of, it sounds a little bit like, genie in the lamp like whatever you ask for you will receive so it's like oh boy i better ask for like i don't know a car or something um but he asked me i was sitting in the front i was sitting there i think and he was like what is your desire and um without much thought and something that i've generally been thinking of for a long time and i still do these days i told him i just want to be more patient with my family and then he proceeded to pray for me in korean to this day i really have no idea what he said. Yeso was actually sitting next to me. And afterwards, I was like, yo, so what did he say? And Yeso was like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, yo, you suck. <laughs> he prayed for patience for your family. <laughs> um, yeah, so he prayed for me in Korean. I have no idea what he said. I went home that day. And I can tell you from my personal experience, since in this last two years, my patience with my family from my beautiful nieces and nephew, from my amazing, wonderful sister and my brother-in-law, from my hardworking and my hardworking mother and my, my patient father and my ever so loving grandmother, my patience has never been more tested in this last two years in my entire life. Um, there are so many reasons that made me just want to throw a small little tantrum in my in my room at the time in my house now um i'll I'll give a couple of no 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 time for example i'll I'll give one really quick example um i'm sorry we we won't do response but I'll i'll give a quick example my um ever since buying a house my mom and my sister uh they they were very hands off with this whole process and from the beginning my mom was not very supportive of me buying a house and i just chucked it up to the feeling of the fact that maybe she just didn't want me to move out she didn't want me to grow up so i was like okay that's i get it i'm your son whatever um every time i hear uh mutual friends people that know my mom and my sister and people that know me they talk about oh hey i heard from your mom and your sister that you bought a house and every time they talk about it they're always like oh like why did you have to buy a house why why couldn't you just stay home like he can't do all these things he's such a kid and I hear this, and I'm, I get so angry, so frustrated in my head. I'm like, I'm like, every single one of my friends supported me in buying this house. Every single one of, even my coworkers, I told them, they're so happy for me. Not my own family cannot even support me in this time. And in this moment, in this moment, I think back to the time when I asked, not only Moksin, but I asked God to be patient for my family. And Jesus asks me, hey, do you want to be patient for your family? Do you want to um, know what it means to lay down your cross, to pick up your cross, lay down your life? Do you want to know what it means to be um, someone who can lead not only your family, but others, a family of your own one day? And I say, but Jesus, I, you don't know what they did. You, it, you know how frustrating it is to have your own family not support you in the things that you want to do. And Jesus is like saying, okay, do you know how frustrating it is 
to come down to earth <laughs> as a man, to love people, to know them inside and out, and to have them spit in your face, to have them put a crown of thorns on your head, to have them laugh at you, and to have them ultimately kill you with no remorse. And if I am, po- if I am to believe that Jesus' word is for me to do and not only to hear, then I need to have faith and I need to believe that knowing someone like me can be changed. I need to know that someone like me can actually be patient with my family. And the last thing is this, that though it may seem impossible to do at times, though the word is so easy to hear and so difficult to do, the impossibility of the word to do has already been done and already been fulfilled by someone who can do it. And that person is the word himself. That person is the word himself. And I don't, I don't need to uh, explain too crazily about why Jesus is the word, but he just is. Jesus is the word himself, and he fulfilled the word himself when he came and he died on the cross for you and me so that we can live. And in the moments, in those moments when we feel inadequate in front of our goals, we feel inadequate in front of the things that we want to become, we think, am I really able to overcome this mountain in front of me? Am I really able to overcome the sin that has been plaguing my life? Let's not look at the challenges, but rather let's look at the word who is Jesus. Let's look at Jesus who encountered the gravest of all valleys, who came out on top just like he always has, just like he is, and just like he always will. And moving towards how we can apply this to ourselves. Um, with any goal or resolution we have, whether it's New Year's or whether it's for hot girl summer. Um, tying this, just to um, be a little bit more open about myself again, um, this year I'm actually going into therapy for, I, I initially was looking into Christian therapy, but none of them take insurance. And it's like $200 for a 50-minute session. And I'm like, no thanks. Um, this year I'm going to look into therapy. And um, I, I believe when Jesus... Um, <coughs> When Jesus tackles any issue in your life, Jesus is not the type to <laughs> Jesus is not the type to look at your superficial issues and say, let me just peel back these layers one by one and hopefully we'll get to the root of it. But no, Jesus is the type to uproot why things have been plaguing you. Jesus is the type to work things from the inside out, um, to take things done in completion, to do things fully. And it hurts and it sucks and it's really hard. And maybe if for you, it doesn't require something as extreme as something like professional help. But um, I will say this. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if you find yourself facing much deeper issues as you look towards the future, as you look towards bettering yourself, as you look towards um, uh, working towards your goals. Don't be surprised um, if Jesus makes things or reveals things that are very difficult for you. And in those times, Jesus tells us, hey, let's work on this together, and I will hold your hand because I love you. Um, We will pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for allowing us to hear your word and allowing us to have the chance to do your word. And may we have the faith to do it, and may we have the faith in you to know that you can um, succeed in helping us to do it. We love you, Lord, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen.